Welcome back, listeners. Well, Allie, in segment one, we kind of got caught up on kind of where the crop stage was and uh, for corn specifically. And uh, segment two here, uh, post-emerge corn weed control is really into full swing and there's been a, a few things going on. And I think the first thing, Allie, um, you know, driving around the last few days, wow, there there's some big weeds out there and uh, especially some giant ragweeds and the annual grass is coming. But any comments you've kind of seen similar things out there, the, the weeds maybe not saying they're ahead of us, but they maybe caught us a little bit off guard. Yeah, I would say I was out in a field yesterday just making some general observations, looking at some purple corn like we mentioned in the first segment. And uh, weeds do really start to catch your eye as you're out walking through some of those fields. That paired with the fact, I mean, pretty hot day yesterday, but coming off of Monday, a really windy day that we would have liked to get out there and spray that couldn't. We're really getting to that point where uh, we don't have much of an option but to maybe um, – just get this post application done because in some cases uh, weeds are getting a little more out of control than than we'd like to see but um just your overall take of maybe where are some of those places that we that we overlooked or what are some different approaches that we need to to think about as we move in to weed yeah, control I, in the future yeah a couple things Allie, uh, that I, i've maybe noticed this year maybe more than the last couple of years but like you said it's been kind of just such a challenging planning and spray seasons last couple of years and maybe haven't really just kind of focused in on this but you know making the rounds I did notice um, a lot of fields I saw a lot of heavy broadleaf pressure and after you know doing some investigation it seems like there was a lot of situations where we maybe had a half rate of some grass down but we didn't really do anything pre for for broadleaves and that has maybe caught me a little bit off guard kind of what triggered that but um, in a lot of cases, if I am going to put a, a half rate down for the grass, I, I really encourage putting some some pre down to try to hold back some of those broadleaves as well. But I have rented that a little bit. And, and one other thing where um, it seems like there's a lot of growers maybe trying to pull off the one pass early post. And I think in some cases we maybe didn't pull the trigger early enough. And one thing, and this is just a strategy when you think about doing that. And, um, you know, maybe back when I was in my retail custom application days, I would kind of stage growers this way where, um, and I had this question like two Fridays ago, um, you know, corn wasn't very big yet, but the growers like, again, I got a nice window here. What's your thoughts of maybe jumping on this a little bit early? And I said, I'd encourage you to do that. In a lot of cases, I would take my residual, let's just say I'm spraying glyphosate with Resicor or Triple Flax or SureStart or products in that, that realm, just so it makes sense. I would actually bump that rate a little bit, you know, maybe, you know, if I'm going to run a, a quart and a half of Resicor, I might bump up to a quart and three quarter just to give myself a little bit more layered residual. And then as I go down through, I'll probably go back to that one and a half. And I might finish down at, at one and a quarter, for example, as I work my way through. So I'm not going to, you know, spend more money overall, but I might redistribute where I need more residual. But I think in some cases we might have missed an opportunity to, to jump on some of these acres a little bit early just to spread our, our workload out a little bit where I kind of feel like we're in a little bit of a scramble mode right now where everything's ready at the same time where we maybe could have jumped ahead of these. But, um, but yeah, maybe reevaluating what we're putting on for pre's and uh, maybe, you know, playing with those residual rates and jumping here a little early on some acres might have been beneficial uh, for a few fields that I've seen across the area. So keeping on that same topic, I mean, we are where we are where we sit today. In some of those cases, the weeds are taller than we'd like to see as we make these applications. And then also, I mean, I've mentioned that extreme heat that we've been sitting at this week as well. What are some things that folks should maybe tweak a little bit just to make sure that we're either getting better coverage or also protecting ourselves as we look at these extreme tips? Yeah, this is something that, that comes up whenever it gets hot. And it's also been a little, if I have a little bit of a pet peeve value, I've noticed this in recent times, whereas we're spraying 
some of these early pulse applications. We've had a lot of crop response the last few years, and when it gets hotter, our risk of crop response increases. And a lot of it isn't necessarily the herbicides we're using causing that response. It's actually maybe not quite choosing the right surfactants or the right rate. And in a lot of cases, if we're spraying glyphosate, and I mentioned some products that, you know, like Triple Flex or Resicor that have acetochlor in it and other broadleaves, there's a lot of oil in glyphosate and acetochlor products that sometimes adding crop oil, we're actually just increasing our surfactant load too high. And it's not the herbicide, it's actually a surfactant burn taking place. But in most cases, if we're spraying glyphosate with an acetochlor with broadleaf, in a lot of cases, you can actually just run your water conditioner and you maybe don't need to add more crop oil or NIS. There's likely enough in the pat, in that mix or the, uh, the tank mix that you got there. But in most cases, I like to really be a little bit careful uh, where we need to be that. Now, if I'm spraying only glyphosate and not having acetochlor with it, then we want to maybe look at some NIS and some of that. But we just need to watch that really close. And when it gets really hot like this, um, I fear I'll drive around Thursday and Friday. I'm going to see some corn that got hit really hard, you know, that's being sprayed today. But uh, if you're in the cab, listen to this, really uh, be watching that surfactant load and be a little conservative when it gets hot, especially if you're using a lot of products that got a lot of oil and surfactant in them already. Yeah, but thanks for walking through that. I think it's just good to kind of understand what our options are and then we'll, we'll hopefully see these temperatures um, moderate themselves out a little bit yet this week, hopefully. Um, another quick question before we go, some folks inquiring, maybe they're done with those post applications questioning, is it, is it not too early to start on some of those side dress applications? Yeah, I think I only got 15 seconds here yet, Allie, but uh, I have a rule of thumb and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but my rule is as soon as I can roll the corn, the window is open for side dress. But, uh, you know, it, I, the window is open. We're maybe a little bit on the early side for some situations, but uh, no harm, no file. If the window is open, I'd, I'd take advantage of it and get started because you never know what the weather's going to do when you get to June. So, that's it for this week, Allie. Um, next week, we'll come back with some more updates, and um, we'll see what we see as we walk fields.